case this possibly may have flown under the radar, depending on your level of knowledge when it comes to geopolitics and things related. Uh, this whole Nazi thing, this Canada thing, well, to explain it, our next segment, Breitbart Talks, here we go. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, featuring Breitbart Talks on Talk 94.5. And to help explain it, and a brand new fresh article, he actually just emailed me moments ago. Uh, it is Breitbart News London Bureau Chief on Breitbart Talks segment here at the Liz Calloway Show with me, Nick Summers. It is Oliver Lane. Good morning, and thank you for sending that, by the way. Interesting. Good morning to you. That's my great pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are just kind of like maybe this missed, uh, they, they, they just didn't, you know, this didn't pop up on their radar. What exactly happened and how was it that Zelensky and Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, were clapping for this individual with Nazi ties? And I guess it goes even deeper than that. Well, I don't think anybody could be blamed for having missed this story, given the establishment media, legacy media, whatever you want to call it, gave it a hard swerve after uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made the warning earlier this week that it was Russian disinformation. So uh, definitely don't talk about this, although it also happens to be perfectly true. What happened is Vladimir Zelensky, obviously the president of Ukraine, was making a tour of North America last week. He called in at the Canadian Parliament on Friday for a special session, you know, speeches, applause, that sort of thing. Um, Apparently, by surprise, although that is under question, the Speaker of that Parliament introduced an elderly war veteran who was sitting in the gallery uh, to the, the special session, introduced him as a Canadian hero, a Ukrainian hero, somebody who had fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians as a young man. As I say, he was 98 years old. Now, Anybody with even a passing knowledge of the Second World War and who was thinking quick on their feet would put, you know, should we say two and two together and get four and go, so this guy in his youth was fighting against the Russians in Eastern Europe during the Second World War. Well, at the very best, he would be doing so in concert with Nazi Germany, if not actively for Nazi Germany. And so it transpires this 98-year-old guy, pretty harmless-looking fellow, was in fact a volunteer with the Waffen-SS um, from Ukraine uh, who moved to Canada after the Second World War. So you have that, that immediate hot flash of wow. deep embarrassment, really shameful embarrassment um, for the Canadian government there. And I've got, to just, I've got to just point out, when he was introduced in Parliament, it seems that nobody present twigged, nobody realized what was going on. He received two rounds of standing applause, standing ovation, including whoops and cheers from the floor, this guy. Um, but it was just a Google search away. Any, anybody with even a passing knowledge of the Second World War could have figured this out very, very quickly. And, you know, I hate to, I hate to point this out, but Volodymyr Zelensky was there. He was among those applauding. He's the, he's the president of Ukraine. He knows his country's own history. So, you know, you can only, only guess at what was going through the minds of the people on the floor at that time. So the, what looks like has happened is the, the Canadian government was pretty quick to load the responsibility for this onto the, the Speaker of the, their, their Parliament. Yeah. who resigned last night. So he is the one who's had to carry the can for this, although the Canadian opposition have made pretty clear they believe there's no way this could have happened without the Prime Minister's uh, own office having foreknowledge. So once again, Trudeau has, has relied on somebody else to take the fall to preserve his own career. Now, you alluded to the fact that how could they not know and was this intentional? What do you believe? Well, I... Um, 
As with all things, uh, trust the, the the Polish, a very a very wise uh, a, a very wise and great nation, uh, and the Polish government, both through its ambassador in Ottawa and through a, a Polish government minister who I've been talking to, have made clear that they believe this was a genuine mistake for which the uh, the, the Canadians have apologised, and their view is this that. This is a this underlines a real, real le- shocking level of historical illiteracy in the West, ignorance of our own recent history. That you know, people like mature, you know, mature men in a in a Western Parliament, you would expect them to be educated, worldly, wise people. Actually, know so little about a major historical event, the Second World War, that in in the grand scheme of things, really was quite recent. They're that ignorant of that they can mistake, make a mistake like this. So, so Poland is saying that it, it's 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 shocking that uh, the West is this ignorant. But this is a teachable moment. This is a learning moment for Canada, and actually, Canada can become a better ally to Poland and presumably Ukraine as well through this. And and sadly, as you pointed out at the outset of all of this, when we began this segment, Oliver Lane, the London Bureau Chief, Breitbart News, uh, you said that nobody covered this whatsoever. So how teachable of a moment is it? Indeed, and I think a lot of it, I think a lot of how this story. I mean, this story was it was reported at first, but let me put it this way: it sank like a stone. And I think a large part of that is how incredibly obedient the media in Canada is to Justin Trudeau. And when Trudeau said those magic words, "Be aware, we should we should fight Russian disinformation," just like that, the story vanished. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Russian disinformation. Well, indeed, and it, you know, I was having this conversation um, with somebody yesterday. Um, we have issues with things like propaganda and disinformation. There, you know, it's a it's a real it's a real problem uh, that journalists have to tussle with every day, and the public, when they're consuming media, have to tussle with. Um, but if you have an embarrassing news cycle as a as a world leader, as the prime minister of a Western nation, um, you are the one peddling disinformation if you're using those magic words to make your bad day go away. I think you've already kind of answered this question, but you see no serious ramifications at all. They've already labeled who it is that's at fault for this, disposed of them quickly, and basically expect all of us and they will move on. Well, there was a serious, um, um, a serious, serious, a serious outcome for the speaker himself. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever know truly how responsible he was for this, but certainly he took the frap and he is now out of a job. So a, an inglorious end to his political career. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is an opportunity to dispel some of that misinformation or disinformation that we hear. And that is that there are actual Nazi soldiers under Zelensky's command. Is that is there any truth to that or is that just like independent little factions since we're on that subject well, of look, Nazis? I, 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 I don't even want to give you my opinion on that. Just think about what The New York Times, for instance, has said here recently, which is that actually there is a problem. Uh, with um, like modern day neo-Nazis, whatever you want to call them, in Ukraine, and that's something that the West is going to have to is going to have to have a reckoning with. And their view is this, and I think this is right: that if you talk about it, you are playing into Russian propaganda because the Russians love to pretend that Ukraine is a Nazi country, and that's what the Russians tell their own people: we are invading Ukraine, or we're having a special military operation, rather, because we need to denazify Ukraine. That's their propaganda. On the other hand, yeah, the New York Times says we can ignore this problem and not play into the, into Russian propaganda. But then that normalizes Nazism, and that's bad too. So it's kind of a damned if you do and it's damned if you don't. Look, my opinion is this. 
The truth will always out, and it is the sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. Talking about these things is not a bad idea. Uh, how does the German government feel? The German government would rather this is not spoken about at all. In <laughs> fact, the, the 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 minister I was talking about, the Polish um, government minister, um, his part of his um, his brief in the Polish government as a secretary of state to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is actually pushing this um, this portfolio he has to make sure that Poland is actually compensated for the enormous damage that Germany caused it during the Second World War. And actually, you know, I think a lot of people are very surprised about the extent to which Poland was like completely destroyed during the Second World War. And this really sort of speaks to this idea of actually the ignorance, the historical illiteracy, that more and more people, and I'm sure not a single person listening to your show is guilty of this, because they're very intelligent and well-educated people, but clearly amongst our leadership class, there's a lot of ignorance of this, about the degree to which Poland was damaged during the Second World War. Five million people killed, entire cities and towns and villages wiped off the map. I think 90% of the buildings in Warsaw were destroyed during the course of the Second World War. And because Poland and Eastern Germany were occupied by the Soviet Union after the war, of course, during the Warsaw Pact years, the Cold War, um, the Soviet Union under Moscow said, let bygones be bygones. You two countries are going to agree that that's all forgotten. And Germany, even in this post, post-communist European Union age, still clings to that proclamation made with the backy of Moscow that actually there's no responsibility. It's all been settled. Don't worry about it. And the Polish government says, ah, hang on, not so fast. We were forced into that agreement by the Soviet Union. Not that it was even an agreement. Like I say, it was a pronunciation, a pronouncement rather. And actually, we think the Germans do owe us for the rebuilding of our nation, the millions of people that were killed, the resettlement, the ethnic cleansing. Auschwitz, the Holocaust, all of that. So, as I say, the Germans would really rather not talk about it. They consider the matter closed. And that's interesting because the victors are the ones who truly write the history books. It is forgotten. It is closed. We're done. We're moving on. And so they seem to want, want to make it. And this is the case with Canada now. Justin Trudeau always wants to move the conversation on. He's had an embarrassing week. He wants to talk about something else. Absolutely. Uh, the London Bureau Chief Breitbart News, Oliver Lane, thank you so much today. Appreciate it. Where can folks uh, find you uh, on your socials? And obviously, has this article been posted? Because I know you sent me a link to it. Is it live? It has just gone live on Breitbart London right now. That's breitbartlondon.com. Check it out. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Perfect. Thank you so much, Oliver. You have yourself a wonderful time. We'll talk to you next time. My great pleasure. Next time. All right. Outstanding. It's great to get uh, you know an individual like, like Oliver's insight on all of this because, you know, he's right there. He's in the heart of it. He He's the one that, you know, he's writing these stories, and this just went live. So we got a Liz Calloway Show exclusive, if you will, which is outstanding. And thanks for tuning in to Breitbart Talks on the Liz Calloway Show with me, Nick Summers.